Welcome to the Happy Executive Woman Podcast. Coach Anita Charlotte will cover a variety of topics, such as personal, professional, and corporate relationships, diversity, equity, and inclusion, energy, metaphysics, corporate relationship responsibility, and spirituality in the workplace. Be sure not to miss the Candid Conversation with Phenomenal Women episodes, where Anita interviews women leaders in their field about their challenges, triumphs, and ways in which they make their happiness a priority in both business and in love. And now, here's your host, executive coach, author, speaker, and corporate metaphysician, Anita Charlo. Good evening, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another Candid Conversation with Phenomenal Women episode. You know who I am already. This is Coach Anita Charlo, and I am here today with my lovely B2B cohort, Rosalind Gordon. And she is just, can I tell you, we've been talking for about 30 minutes now. We've been We've been doing some things together over the past couple of weeks, and I have really enjoyed getting to know her on a more personal level. I'm telling you that to just be real, I'm keeping it real with you guys, which you know I always do. People don't like numbers. I don't like numbers. I'm 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 sitting here right now and I'm telling you, I don't like numbers. I don't like accounting. I thought I wanted to be an accountant. I spent like three hours trying to find two cents in this in this this forum and in school. And I was like, that's it, I'm done. I was so irritated, I had a headache. But for some reason, Rosalind loves numbers. So <laughs> you are in the right place, honey, because I got questions for you today. And I know the audience is going to um, really be blessed by what you have to say. So knowing that uh, most people run from numbers, before I ask you the first question, why don't you um, share with our listeners who you are, what you do, and what led you to becoming a financial ambassador. Okay. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you, Anita, for having me uh, as a guest on your podcast. And uh, I just love what I do. Well, there are so many reasons uh, that I choose to that I chose to do this, but the pivotal moment. Uh, was when I went to get my taxes done after my divorce. And um, I sat with the accountant and uh, he went through my items and um, he told me that I had a tax liability. And um, I I was very surprised. And um, the last thing I needed after going through a divorce was another bill. So uh, I asked him, you know, was there anything that he can do? And basically he was saying no. So I told him that um, I wanted to file head of household uh, juxtaposed to filing single. And he was very adamant, you know, like, no, no, you can't, you can't do that. You're, you're divorced. Um, you have to file single. So I didn't file that day. I went home and I said, you know what? I have to help myself because obviously he wasn't interested in helping me. And um, I did some research and I looked up the term for head of household. 
So in order to be considered head of household, you had to be in, in your home, at least separate from my spouse at the time, at least six months and have a dependent. So all of those boxes are checked. So uh, I went back to him and I told him, listen, I looked it up and I realized that I can claim head of household, which would alleviate that tax liability that, you know, he said I had. And, you know, he was very rough and he was like, well, where's the proof? You know, and I understand all of that, you know, but what my question is this, why do you want to do your due, dil due diligence now um, instead of doing it before? Because had he asked me, you know, specific questions, then he would have known that I could have claimed head of household. So, um, you know, he applied it and I didn't owe anymore. But um, the thing is, is that, okay, well, I had the knowledge to go and look it up. But how many other people has come to him and ha and didn't have the knowledge and just trusted him? Um, and as a result, they owed a tax liability. And so I said, you know what? I have to do something. I have to do something about this. You know, it, it, there's no way that this could be an isolated incident. And um, yeah, I just decided that I wanted to make sure that people had all the information at their disposal that they needed to get the best possible outcome. Okay. That sounds like what, now where did you grow up? What city? I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Mm -hmm. So when we were located, I went to Murray Bertram High School for business careers, mm -hmm. located in the center of Wall Street. Nice. So it was only right that, you know, yeah. they uh, the businesses opened their doors to the students of the high school to give right. them that hands-on experience. Oh, that sounds okay. So that I can relate to that here in Chicago, um, there's a program called uh, Junior Achievement. And we have in junior achievement, like you learn how to run a business, you know, you learn all the aspects of running a business, setting up nice. a business, all the things um, that that you do now, they learn or they get hands-on experience in junior achievement. And then um, with internships, you know, the companies open their doors and some companies have partnerships with junior achievement. There's also a, um, what's it called? Year up where high school students spend a year you know, doing, working for a company to get a taste of what it's like and what they're interested nice, in. Nice. Yeah. It's very instrumental and it was very uh, instrumental in shaping my life. Yeah. So I've been doing this from since I was 17 years old. And wow. to be honest, you know, growing up in my household, I was a single mom, mm -hmm. you know, there were struggles and, you know, Anita, I, I didn't judge my mom, mm -hmm. but I, um, I didn't want to live like that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I wanted to do something different. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to, my mom did the best she can. She was a great mom mm -hmm. and she always wanted us to have the best. Yeah. So whatever she could struggle for us to get, we had. Mm -hmm. And um, like, you know, you grow up, you grow up poor, but you don't realize you're poor, yeah. especially with a mom like mine who tried to make sure that you had everything you needed. Mm-hmm. And um, when she could afford it, have little treats, special yeah. things. Yeah. But I wanted to try to do something a little different. I, I didn't want to struggle growing up. And I did. I wanted my children just to have a different experience. Mm -hmm. And um, 
you know, I just work towards that. Yeah, that is amazing. Rosalind, I see that you also hold a master's degree in legal studies. Yes, yes. So yeah. where did the love for the law come in? Well, uh, I, I have to say it was kind of forced. And to be honest, in my um, in my experience, they kind of go hand in hand because mm-hmm. it wasn't just straight, flat out uh, accounting. I worked for a business management firm for 20 years who the uh, owner was a CPA. Well, mm-hmm. he is a CPA mm-hmm. and an attorney. Oh, okay. And, um, and and I understand how that can happen because they actually go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. So what happens a lot of times is um, for whatever reason, your clients trust you, they have complete confidence in you. Mm-hmm. And instead of going to an attorney or a lawyer, a lot of times they'll come to you as a business manager. Mm-hmm. Hey, can you look over this contract? Right. Or I need to get this contract or... You know, in business management, you handle accounting, they outsource their accounting and their HR to you. Mm -hmm. So in HR, you have to put those employment agreements in place. Right. You have to um, uh, create those employee manuals. Yeah. And and a lot of the clients have independent contractors. Mm -hmm. So you have to put all of these little contracts and things in place. And sometimes, you know, even though you're not a lawyer, you're the one that has to do it. Right. Um, and so and so what happens is that a lot of times I, I never wanted to be a, a lawyer, mm-hmm. but um, I decided to do this program because it, it, it gave a really good insight into the things we needed to look for to help our clients mm-hmm. for all, all of those non, you know, non-lawyer things. It, right. it gave us that insight and it just it just allowed me to be better prepared for yeah. situations in business management. And let's not forget all about the DEI now. There's oh, so <laughs> much legislation and rules yes. around that. Mm-hmm. And you have to be prepared. And that's yeah. what I'm all about. You know, trying to be sharp and be prepared yeah. uh, for all the things that we have to get into as non-lawyers. Well, that's, you know what though, that's a bonus, right? Because when you think about from a business perspective, you think about, oh, I need to have a CPA and then I have to have a lawyer and then I have to have, and it's like to have a CPA or to have a person that is handling your business finances, who's also very well versed in the law is like getting two for one, right? And to make sure right. you don't have to worry about, you know, well, my, uh, the person that handles my books didn't realize that this legislation just came into play. And so now I'm out of compliance because they didn't know and I didn't have a separate lawyer. And so that that makes things a lot easier, sort of like a one-stop shop, right? You're like, yes, a one, in, your in many ways. And, and a lot of times clients believe that they have a contract with someone. Mm-hmm. They're just interested in the creative side of things. Mm-hmm. But they don't necessarily, and this works with accounting as well as law. They don't, real, they don't really make sure that all of the ducks are in, in a row. Mm-hmm. And in order to have a contract, you have to have things in place. And if one of those things are not in place, it's not a contract, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And um, it's good that I can look at something and I can see, was there an offer? Mm-hmm. Was there consideration? Right. Was right. there an acceptance? And if one of those things are missing, mm-hmm. there's no contract. Right. So it's good that I can spot certain things that need to be in place to even 
make sure that things are running along uh, properly in -hmm. order for my clients to have the best outcome. Right. That's great. So thinking about business owners, right? Let's say, so I'm going to ask you a couple of questions specific to people who are just starting out with just an idea. And then I'll, and then I'll probably ask uh, the same or similar questions for those that are already in business. So for someone that's just starting out with an idea for a business, what are some of the things that they should be aware of? Well, one of the things that you want to make sure that this business is marketable, is this something that could make money? Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, uh, like I said, people are more concerned about the creative aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Because here's the thing. You can go on and feel like you you have a business and you're doing something and you're happy, you're, you're doing things. The IRS mm-hmm. can consider your business a hobby if you haven't made any money. Mm-hmm. So there's a thing where people will, will have something in place and they have all these expenses, all of these, all of these expenses, right? you know, and then they fill out their uh, tax return. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, year after year after year, and then the IRS comes back and say, well, I'm sorry, this business is not a business. This is just a hobby. Yeah. You can no longer deduct all of those expenses right. that you are uh, claiming on your tax return. Mm-hmm. Now, they give you some leeway to that. I think you have up to about five years mm-hmm. uh, before they will look at it and, and say, no, 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 ma'am. So that's one of the things you want to make sure that the business that you're going to do is marketable and that you can really make money from doing it. Is there a threshold that the IRS looks for? Like if you're, let's say if your business didn't make any money for the first three years or whatever, and then it made like $10,000 in the next year, and then the next year it made 4,000. Are they looking for a, a specific threshold or are they, no, they just want to see that your business is making money. Yeah, they just want to see that your business is making money because remember, you can have those deductions. Mm -hmm. So anytime you have a deduction, it decreases your liability, Mm -hmm. right? So they don't want to just keep keep giving you freebies year after year after year. Right. You know, so that's why they kind of put a stamp on it. So five years is the max. Okay. You know, And, and, and it doesn't have to be consecutive. Like you can, you can make money, let's say you have... Only losses the first year, only losses the second year. Mm-hmm. And then the third year, ding, ding, you make some money. Yeah. Okay. That's good. And then let's say something happens in that fourth year, you don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't necessarily count that. Okay. In year one, you didn't make money. In year two, you didn't make money, but you made some. In four, they don't necessarily count those years that you did it. It kind of like starts over again. Okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So make sure that your business is marketable. Should profitable. profitable. At least making money. (laughs) Now, what about, do I care initially? Do I just file the paperwork for incorporation or what is the difference between a sole? I mean, I know this, but for our listeners, you know, what is the difference between a sole proprietorship, an LLC, an S corp, a C corp. Um, does it matter? Should I just go ahead and file an S corp because my friend told me I needed an S corp? Oh no 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 no! <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> no no no. There are there are rules of 
of all of these things. So the, the most basic rules are, if you're just starting out, it may be a good idea to start off as a sole proprietor. Mm-hmm. This way you're getting your feet wet and then you can see if you're making money, right? Right. And if it's something that you see, well, oh yeah, I'm really doing good and mm-hmm. I'm making money and I'm having a lot of interaction mm-hmm. with clients, it may be beneficial for you to go ahead then and form an LLC. Mm-hmm. The LLC offers you a level of protection that you don't get mm-hmm. uh, being a sole proprietor. And so the LLC, you know, there are certain deductions that you may not be able to take as a sole proprietor that you can mm-hmm. take inside of an LLC. Okay. Okay. And then if you see that your LLC is making north of a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. it might be a good idea now to consider an S corporation. Okay. Because with the LLC, what happens initially is that it's not, it's a, it's considered a disregarded entity. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that the IRS doesn't look at it as a separate business mm-hmm. for tax purposes. The revenue and the expenses that you'd file on the LLC are part of a Schedule C, which is ultimately part of your individual tax return. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what happens is after your expenses, after you record your revenue and you record your expenses, you'll have hopefully net income. Yeah. So what happens is that on that net income, in addition to paying your individual income tax, you also have to pay self-employment tax. Mm. Okay. So Mm -hmm. now if you're making money north 100K, and you still kind of have the those expenses, you're going to need something in place to help you save on those in self-employment taxes. Okay. And an S corporation can do that for you. Okay. Okay. An S corporation, because it, it's considered what they call a pass-through entity. Mm-hmm. So that means that the revenue and the expenses in an S corporation flow through the personal return of the individual, mm-hmm. but it has its own separate return. Mm, okay. Now there are hot spots with the S corp, of course, and the main one is something called reasonable compensation. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons why you should consider it when you're making north of 100k is because you have to run payroll in the S corporation. Okay. So the IRS says if you're an S corp owner you need to run yourself what is called a reasonable salary. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole list depending on the industry that you're in, what this S-Corp owner should make. Mm. And so you'd have to pay that salary. And then, you know, if there's more, you can uh, take that as a distribution. Okay. And you save on self-employment taxes. You don't have to pay that hefty self-employment tax that you right. would in the LLC. Okay. And the distribution that you take, usually the tax on that is is pretty forgivable with the IRS, mm-hmm. providing it does not uh, extend into a certain tax bracket. Okay. You know? Wow. So, so there are many advantages to having an S-Corp uh, that, uh, an S-Corp is actually a strategy mm-hmm. that a lot of uh, EAs and accountants like myself use. Mm-hmm. to uh, optimize tax savings for clients. The C-Corp, a lot of people do that too, especially people who are looking for people to invest 
mm-hmm. into their business mm-hmm. because investors like to see that. They like to see that they can have uh, stock in a company. Yeah. Okay. And in the S Corp, uh, it's limited mm-hmm. as to how many shareholders you can have. And so a C Corp offers more freedom in that respect. Oh, I learned quite a bit today. And it's only been what, <laughs> 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> wow. So it sounds like with, with all of these, with all of these things that, that we just talked about, you know, how cousin Lenny does taxes for the family and, you know, and Martha does taxes for the family. My, my friend's husband does taxes for the family. I, I'm wondering like now I'm thinking, do they know all these things? Does Aunt Lenny and Aunt well, Martha know all these rules? And what happens <laughs> when the IRS starts digging a little deeper? Yeah. And and not even just the IRS digging deeper. It's just the idea if you're if you don't know, then you can't really offer as much as the IRS offers mm-hmm. to business owners, believe it or not. And I know it's gonna be hard to hear. The IRS can be our friend. What? <laughs> yes. You know, people have this thing with the IRS. Yeah, they will they will come down on you if you're not doing the proper thing. Yeah. But there's so many strategies that are inside the uh Internal Revenue Code that are available for business owners that is unbelievable. It's just about knowing that they're there and tapping into them. Wow. And that's one of the things that we do at the Gordon Group Financial Services. Mm-hmm. We look at, we use a holistic approach mm-hmm. so that we can look at a client's individual situation, mm-hmm. match it up with their business situation, right? And see what we can do to optimize their tax savings. Wow. Using those IR, right. IRS strategies. I've, you are the first person ever in the history of my 57 years that has said the IRS can be our friend. <laughs> Uh, every time I hear the I, the IRS is like the bill collector, right? When you think of the yeah. bill, especially in, in the black household, it's like, okay, don't answer the phone if you don't recognize the number, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like the IRS <laughs> is in the same bucket. But okay, so that's for the new person. Now I have, I said I was going to ask two, I have three scenarios. So now I'm going to ask you about the uh, businesses that have already been in business that have been operating, but may not have been operating with all of this knowledge or, you know, about the IRS being a friend or the different uh, types of entities. How would the Gordon Financial Group be able to help uh, someone that is in business that thinks they're doing things the right way, but just wants to check and make sure? How would you be able to help them? Well, it depends on what um, you're looking for. So first of all, there's something that I call a CAS. That's our client accounting services. So uh, sometimes uh, you have people who, you know, very bright, very smart, and they feel that they can take on their accounting themselves. And and I commend them. Mm -hmm. But here's what it is. Sometimes there are certain expenses in in, in accounting that are worth more than others. Mm -hmm. So you classify those things differently. Mm-hmm. So case in point is a, a good example is uh, meals and entertainment, mm-hmm. right? For a lot of, for many years, meal and entertainment uh, was a hundred percent deductible. Mm-hmm. Now, recently it's going back down. It's going to 50%, depending mm-hmm. on what it is. But maybe you had that meals and entertainment on, on your, you used it, you had a, had a meal and you just said, 
oh, this is office expense because you did it with your office yeah. clients. Okay. Or you had something, something that you, that could be misconstrued as something else. Mm-hmm. But the percentage for that, as far as deductibility is way lower than if you classified it in another expense that mm-hmm. was, you know, that gave you more deductions. Right. So that's one of the things. And some, that's one of the things that we do. Mm-hmm. We try to find the best outcome for our clients by using that method, you know, okay. with the with the client accounting services. Yeah. And then the truth of the matter is, if you don't know your numbers, you don't know your business. Right. And that's one of the things we do with our clients services. I, you, you, I could, I can, I can't count enough times when clients say, "I know I'm making no money, but I don't know where it's going." Yeah. You know. So by using our CAS, our client accounting services, mm-hmm. you get a detailed breakdown of all of the revenue, mm-hmm. of all of the expenses that you incurred, and you can tell, and it'll tell you exactly where your money was being spent. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of it, you'll have either a net loss or mm-hmm. net income. And okay. then we work on that, looking back at the expenses to see, do you really need X, Y, and Z? Right. And you can figure out where you can make cuts mm-hmm. you know, and improvements on your uh, financial statements. The other thing that we do is we have something called TAS, mm-hmm. which is our tax advisory services. And basically that's what we do, what, basically what I explained to you earlier. Mm-hmm. We take a look at the business entity. We take a look at uh, different strategies within that business entity that you could use Mm-hmm. Um, to get the best tax savings, and not we don't we don't only just say uh, this is you can do this, you can do that. We actually work with you on implementing those strategies, mm. right? Because it's it's one thing to give a client a tax plan, you mm-hmm. have a plan, but a plan is nothing until you execute it, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of business right. owners they just know how to do what they do; they don't necessarily right. know. <laughs> how to execute that plan. Right. And that's what we do at the Gordon Group Financial Services. We help clients with their account accounting mm-hmm. and our tax advisory services to have the best possible outcome. Wow. This is this is all good stuff. Um what about the dualpreneur? The client that is working a full-time job and running a business on the side. How can you help that person to make sure that that they are um, with their strategy, with their accounting, because most, me included, most dualpreneurs are putting money into the business, right? So we're, we're I think it's called an owner contribution. Right. So how the, and I can be fully honest with you, all this is just confusing. All I know is that there is money that comes directly from the job that goes, that comes up from that paycheck that goes into the business bank account. It's like, okay, I need to cover expenses until, you know, something comes through. So how would you work with a dualpreneur? Um, we will work with the dualpreneur pretty much the same. Okay. As, as clients who are, um, um, you know, running a business regularly on a day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Um, in accounting, there's something called forecasting. So what the forecasting does is that it looks to the future. Mm-hmm. And um, it helps you determine what you can do differently. Mm-hmm. So uh, you're not just contributing to your business. 
but actually earning revenue uh, okay. in that business. Yeah. You know? So it kind of, it, it kind of does that. Okay. Now I know I opened with, um, most people don't like to talk about numbers, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you and I, you know, have had separate conversations where, um, where we discuss the difference between, you know, somebody who is comfortable with numbers and can have those conversations openly and not feel any type of trepidation about it. And then someone who is not comfortable with the numbers and, you know, they hesitate to actually hire somebody to help them. What are some of the reasons why you've seen entrepreneurs and business owners hesitate um, to hire someone to help them with their numbers? Uh, number one, cost. Mm-hmm. If you're going to hire uh, someone to do that, it has to be a conscious decision. If you're going to get someone really good, you have to be prepared to pay for that. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Um, but that shouldn't deter you. And really, judgment. Judgment would be the next one. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that we promise. And it's easy for me to do that, be- even though I've seen so I've seen so many different scenarios working in different types of industry. Mm-hmm. But um, I haven't always had money, mm-hmm. and I know what that felt like to be embarrassed mm-hmm. to show um, people that I didn't, mm-hmm. and especially okay. starting off as an entrepreneur, I know how it felt. You know, you especially if you look a certain way, you have you know people just assume certain things, right. and then if you have to now go and put everything on the table, yeah, it's <laughs> like oh my god, you know, right, right. But one of the things we do at the Gordon Group Financial Services, is that we actually let people know it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were uh, sick, you know, mm-hmm. you wouldn't wait till you're feeling better to go to the doctor. Right. You know, so if you're not doing well with your finances, the best thing is to come to someone like myself mm-hmm. and other accounting professionals so that you can get financially well. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and we do this without judgment. Yeah. And that's one of the things that my clients appreciate mm-hmm. uh, from working with me. Yeah. You know, they can come and everything is laid out on the table. They can walk away with some knowledge and feeling good and confident mm-hmm. that we're going to take care of them. Yeah. One of the things that I always tell my clients is I'm good, but <laughs> I'm not going to turn water into wine. I don't do that. (laughs) You said I'm not that good. (laughs) But we, so that what that means is that we work together, Mm -hmm. right? On your financial goals to get you to the place where you need to be. Okay. We have to do that together. And it also doesn't mean that uh, as your accountant or your business manager that I uh, do the work for you in terms of earning your revenue. I don't right. do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'll manage the funds that you bring in as your business owner, right? And kind of guide you. And because I'm an entrepreneur and I have multiple businesses, I can give ideas on mm-hmm. how you can make more revenue. Right. But it's not our job to to do that for you. Right. Right. Totally understandable. And I agree with you. The 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 overarching sense of shame, right? The entrepreneurs already feel shame. They already feel like, okay, this is my thing. Some entrepreneurs go into business because they don't want anybody telling them what to do. Exactly. But 
right? Mm-hmm. But then, and that's the area, one area where they need to have somebody tell them what to do. But because they've been operating uh, without it since the beginning, it's like, okay, well, I don't know if I want to air my dirty laundry. I don't know if I want, you know, can I trust this person or are they going to make me feel guilty or are they going to shame me? There's enough shame as it is around numbers and people being honest with taking an honest look at the numbers to have someone beat you over the head because of it. That that doesn't feel good. Why would I want to pay for that? No, right? no it doesn't. Right. And, you know, you also have to be willing to, to surrender. Mm-hmm. There's a level of, you know, it's, it's interesting. You said how, um, you know, you know, people don't want to surrender that control. Yeah. Also, you know, but if you're going to be well, you know, like I said, you, you go to the pros, you, you know, you let people help you mm-hmm. who's, um, you know, who's, who's very good in that area. Yeah. And um, a lot of business owners, they stay stuck because they don't want people telling them what to do. Right. I've had people tell me, well, that's how you do business. Oh. <laughs> and this is uh, on simple matters like compliance. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, well, okay, you know, maybe we're not a good fit, but mm-hmm. you have to be willing to surrender and give mm-hmm. that part of your life over. Yeah. So that, you know, you can have some financial wellness. Right. And it's you know not- what? And doing it, it frees up a lot of time for you to do, uh, create new possibilities. Yeah. And do the things that you do without worrying about that part of your life. Right. Yeah. 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 I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> not having to worry about that, not having to, you know, not taking forever to file taxes because you just don't want to deal with it. You don't want to look at it. You rather it go away knowing that it's not going away, but you got to psych yourself up for a year or two to figure out when to get it done to have somebody else do it, to have somebody else, you know, to be accountable to, right? Because when you're looking at the numbers as a, as an organization, as a company, when you're looking at the numbers, then you're questioning and you're raising the questions to the business owner who's like, okay, well, I can't get away with this, or I need to get this done because I know, you know, the, uh, the, um, you're going to call me, you're going to ask me about it, or you're going to send me an email and I'm going to have to be responsive. So it's a level of accountability, but I also see it in, in just my conversations and communication with you. I, I don't see it as, Working with you, I don't see it as just being uh, a level of accountability. I see it as a partnership. You know, it's just something your energy just like I'm almost willing to just give you a call and say, okay, well, let's talk outside of this. Let me just turn it all (laughs) over to you because I don't have to worry about it. Only because the, the energy that I get from you is very, it's a very calming energy, right? It's like numbers can be ridiculously nerve wracking, but just having conversations with you, it's just like, you're so calm. It's like, how could she be talking about numbers and be this calm? How can, how can she possibly do that? So let some of that rub off, you know, I'm I'm (laughs) going to rub elbows with you through the, through the video here, guys. We, we see each other via zoom, but you know, we don't share the video, but I'm looking at her rubbing (laughs) the screen, like, okay, let some of this rub off. But that's, yeah. I think that's important, right? People need to be able to feel like they can be 100% transparent. And the same with, you know, coming to me for coaching, right? When someone comes to me for coaching, it's like, I can't help you if you're not going to tell me everything. If you're not yeah. going to give me the, 
Right. If you're not going to give me the reality, then what are we working towards? I can't, what, whatever I help you with or whatever we create together, whatever we go over together, if it's missing a very important piece that you're leaving out, then you're not getting all, you know, the best of what you can get from me. So I totally understand that. Yeah. I you, always tell clients to think of our relationship the same way that they would think about the relationship with their clients, mm-hmm. you know, in order for them to do their job effectively. Right. You know, you'd have to have this level of trust mm-hmm. and confidence, um, and they'd have to have the level of trust and confidence in them for them to be able to execute for them properly. Right. So they just need to flip it around. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and apply it to our relationship. And I'm very big on building um, relationships uh, with my clients. Um, I forgot to mention this early, but one of the reasons also is just some bad experiences that I've had. Mm-hmm. It's one of the reasons why I decided that I wanted to get into doing this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in, in addition yeah. to your tax and your tax advisory services and your client accounting services, I believe you also help with retirement planning and focusing oh, yeah. on compliance. <laughs> right. As I mentioned, I'm a multiple... Compliance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, as I mentioned, I'm a multiple business owner. Mm-hmm. So I do have my life insurance licenses. Mm-hmm. And um, with that, we do help clients uh, get insured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I offer free financial analysis, mm-hmm. which basically looks at your life in a different way than it would with accounting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does help with that. But it looks at it differently. And maybe you might have some goals that you want to achieve mm-hmm. and you don't know how to do that. Well, when we, with the financial needs analysis, we take a look at your financial position also, and we consider what those goals are. And then we develop a plan on how uh, to, to get you there. So mm-hmm. let's just say someone comes to me and I was like, you know, I want to buy a house. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to save for college. Uh, I want to start a business. Mm -hmm. So we kind of put all the numbers in and we kind of see, or I want to save for retirement. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I have enough for retirement. We put all the numbers in and it develops another plan Mm -hmm. to to keep you on track for those goals and show you where you can do it and how you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So is that just... So the the question that's popping in my head right now is, is that just life insurance for individual and families or in strategy planning, retirement planning, or are you also helping with like succession planning for businesses and life insurance for the business owners and things like that? Yes. So those kind of things uh, we do. Some of it, like I said, you see how it borders on law a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the policies that I've had the pleasure of doing is something called a key man policy. Mm-hmm. So what that does is that it ensures a key person that's in your business, any event, something should happen to them. Mm-hmm. You will receive a benefit of payment uh, via the insurance mm-hmm. um, to keep your business going. Yeah. In the event something happens to that key person until you can replace them. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's one of the ways that we've helped uh, business owners with, uh, with insurance. Mm-hmm. And um, also, even as part of a strategy, now I'm not a license, I don't have the license to 
issue uh, retirement plans. Mm -hmm. But of course, I have the knowledge with both the accounting and the tax, mm -hmm. as right. well as being partners with people in the insurance industries. Mm -hmm. Another strategy that we do with some business owners is help them with retirement. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't believe the amount of business owners who um, just work, 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 and they don't think about the future until it's close to that time. Right, right. So there's, there are a whole lot of uh, retirement uh, products mm -hmm. that they can use that um, can put them closer to their retirement goals. Right. Yeah. yeah. So we make sure that they're aware of those. And if they can, we make sure that they take part of it. And if they can't, we make a way. Yeah. <laughs> we right. help them figure out, find the money where they can be able right. to do that. And all of these things offer tax savings, just so just to put that in there. Yeah. Wow. This is I'm gonna go back and re-listen to this episode myself. <laughs> <laughs> this is so informative. And so I'm gonna ask you, I know I've I've had you held you for quite some time. I do wanna ask you a couple of more questions and then I'm going sure. to um I will definitely have you back uh to, <laughs> to discuss you know, finances and, and quite a few other things, if, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Um, I know there's, um, there are things, internal and external compliance, right? What is the difference between internal and external compliance? Well, external compliance are some of the things that we talked about. When you start a business, you want to make sure that, you know, if you're going to be incorporated, that you're incorporated correctly. Mm-hmm. And you want to make sure that you're incorporated in the right state. Mm -hmm. um, you have some people feeling as though a good example of this is uh, a lot of people you might hear, oh, I'm going to incorporate in Delaware. Mm -hmm. Right. Because they want to quote unquote save on taxes. Right. But what they don't know about Delaware is that Delaware is not necessarily for small businesses. Oh. Delaware works better with the giants like AT&T's mm -hmm. and companies of that nature. It's not really the best state for small business. Mm. So you want to make sure that you're incorporating. Um, only time I feel like maybe you should incorporate in another state other than your own is with real estate. Mm -hmm. That's a different beast. Okay. But why, why pay taxes to incorporate in in more than one state if you don't have to. Right. So case in point, what it looks like is I might be, I might incorporate, let's say in Delaware, well, mm -hmm. in another state to save on taxes. Let's mm -hmm. just say that's what they say. But then you're actually doing business right. in, in the state that you live. Right. So now you have to pay taxes. Right. And, or, and or registration fees mm -hmm. in two states. Right. And then still have to turn around and pay taxes in the state that you live. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make any sense. It's just another way where you can keep that money on in your income, you know, mm -hmm. as part of your revenue, part of your cash flow. Why do that? Right. So that's a part of another part of external. You know, you want to make sure that um, you uh, LLCs, especially they have that biennial filing where mm -hmm. you have to. You know, New Jersey, New York, most most every place has that. Mm -hmm. So that's an example of uh, external. Okay. You know, you want to make sure you're compliant in, in that respect. Mm -hmm. um, internally has has more to do with what's going on in your 
in your business. Mm -hmm. And um, that really would mean, are you doing everything up to the code? So case in point with the uh, nail salon, the salon had to be clean. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) You know, we should not hire undocumented workers. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And shout out to everybody out there that's undocumented. (laughs) <laughs> that's still killing the game but yeah. as a business owner that could prove you know not to be not beneficial for you right. if you do certain things like that okay. you know you want to pay your taxes mm-hmm. you know if you're in a business that um, that collects sales tax you want to do that mm-hmm. you know if you want to play your pay your employees on time you want to you know mm-hmm. those kind of things are more internal you know, right. and as a business owner, you want to be more objective, juxtaposed to subjective. Right. Because it it really does good for you as a business owner and for your team. Mm-hmm. So so those are the those are the differences between, between external and external. Okay. So you have been dropping quite a few gems this evening. And I think um I know that our listeners are going to be very impressed with what they're hearing and may want to reach out. The question that I know many of them will probably have will be, can you work with people all over the U.S. or do you specifically work with people just in your state? Absolutely. We work with clients uh, nationwide. I have clients in uh, California. Uh, I have clients in Georgia, New York, Texas. Uh, I'm just thinking all over the United States okay, and and the UK. Ah, I was going to ask you what about international. Okay. (laughs) Got it. Let's not leave them out. Mm -hmm. You know, UK are like brothers and sisters across the pond, right? (laughs) Yes. All right. Oh, goodness. Well, I want to thank you so much for for being a guest for this candid conversation. And as always, you know, I'm sure we went over half an hour, but to me, it's it's not about the time, it's about the quality of the conversation, right? And the right. goal for me having these conversations is so that I can provide uh, the listeners with information that they can use and that is, you know, answer as many questions that I think may come up. But if they have more questions, um, which I'm sure they will because I have more questions, but if they have more questions, how can they reach you? How can they get in touch with you? Uh, well, they can actually follow me on social media, uh, on Instagram. Uh, my uh, Instagram is I, hello, I am Rosalind Gordon. And on there, there's a link there for you to book uh, on my calendar and we can um, do a strategy session. Uh, we can do some tax planning. Uh, they can go there if they would like me to speak at an event or uh, help with a workshop. There are also those options. Um, you can also follow my company, the Gordon Group Financial Services on Facebook. Uh, I also have a new baby that I've launched uh, recently uh, called Mastering the Business of Business. Um, they can follow me for tips and questions that people ask similar, similarly mm-hmm. to today. Mm-hmm. And I'll just give and I where I provide just a quick one minute explanation on some of the questions that come in uh, on business and uh, different things like that. 
Great. And just so everyone knows, we're going to have all of uh, Rosalind's links in the show notes. So be sure to download the show notes. You can, we'll have every link where you can reach out, where you can connect with her. You can find her on social media, the link for her website. All of that will be there in the show notes. Oh, this has been very, very, this has been a great conversation. A, a tough one in terms of numbers right? People uh -huh. don't want to talk about numbers. I get, I get breakout in hives when I think about numbers, but it's a conversation that we needed to have. And I know that others will benefit from it as well. So thank you so much for being a guest on the show. And Thanks for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> Can't wait to have you back. And for our audience, thank you so much for being with us. Again, you can uh, download the show notes. So you have all the links to um, how to get in touch with today's guest. And as always, I appreciate you and I will see you in the next episode.